On Indian Train Tracks and COVID, M.M. June 11th, 2022. Well, it turns out that the COVID droplets didn't only exist in my imagination. God, what a miserable week this has turned out to be. Hopefully I really didn't get that cab driver sick. Hopefully I didn't get anyone sick. Luckily, my neuroses likely saved anyone around me from infection even before I felt a symptom, since as per usual I hadn't taken off my KN95 and I had wiped down literally everything I had touched. COVID works quick. By the time I took my temperature the day after the last entry, I was at 38.2. I looked that up in Fahrenheit, and it turns out that that is hot. I felt like I'd been run over by a truck on Tuesday and I didn't even flinch when I saw the second line becoming redder and darker as the clock ticked on my home antigen test. All my plans for the next two weeks began making a sorrowful journey toward the exit, but I didn't cry until the next day when I talked to Mistress. Mistress was supposed to come visit me this weekend, and I had planned a small dinner party where I was going to introduce her to some of my best friends in the world, none of whom are allowed to see me now because I have the plague. I wheezed and hacked my way through the week, doing some of the absolute must-get-done work tasks and pushing everything else off toward later in June, when hopefully I'll have the energy to get it all done. Stupid COVID. Today my quarantine supposedly ended, although it's unclear why, as I'm still testing positive and still unwell, but I celebrated with a walk around the block in my goddamn KN95. What a world we live in. This isn't the first time I've had to quarantine because of COVID. The last time was actually worse, because I was sharing a home so I needed to isolate in my bedroom. Also, that time I was completely asymptomatic. So I was confined to the four walls of my very small room with absolutely nothing to do but listen to life beyond the bedroom. Because of my positive test and the science of contagion, my housemates were stuck at home for a month. Right. What were we talking about again? Kolkata. A lifetime ago, I was Bodhi. Sister bride. Wife of the eldest son, an honor. Indian culture is raw. It is colorful, loud, tearful. We throw red powder on each other to celebrate one of the seemingly infinite goddesses. The powder stains our clothes, our skin, even our teeth. The night air takes on an effervescent quality. Mist rises up off the Ganges, and as dusk settles in, candles begin to sparkle a light. Thousands of offerings floating on lotus leaves down the magical river. I knelt to my husband's grandparents the same way the Muslim woman in the airport had done. It is a humbling experience to bow to a person. It had all been explained beforehand. You kneel, touch your hands to their feet or their shoes, and then in a gesture rooted in tradition, honor, and respect, you bring your palms together in front of your forehead, then at your heart. Dida hugged me close that day, and I was presented with a traditional gift of gold. A pair of earrings, if I remember correctly. Usually there's lots and lots of gold, my husband explained to me, but the price had gone up and they couldn't afford too much. I was told I shouldn't shower that evening. Cold isn't good at night, explained Dida, in Bengali that my husband haltingly interpreted for me. You'll catch a chill. I showered anyway. We had just been stuck on a train for 36 long hours. What should have been an overnight trip was extended when an oil tanker blew up one of the sets of tracks. We woke up expecting to have arrived in Kolkata, but we hadn't even left Siliguri, our city of departure. It had been my bright idea to save money instead of pay for the air-conditioned cars. 
I'd figured it wouldn't matter. We'd sleep that night in relative coolness, and by the morning, when the day would begin to warm up, we would have already arrived at our destination. I hadn't reckoned on that oil tanker. For the next twenty-four hours, our train played hopscotch with the other trains headed south. For a few moments of beautiful respite, we would move and the air would move with us. For a few moments, the heat would not be completely oppressive. Then the train would crawl to a stop, and once again we would find ourselves melting to the vinyl seats underneath us. The sweat ran in rivulets down our bodies, collecting in pools underneath us. We were too hot to feel any shame. When I get to the point of the story where I explain about the open-air toilets leaving waste to cook on the tracks outside our windows, people usually ask me to stop talking. You can see why I wanted a shower by the time we finally stumbled in the door of my husband's grandparents' home. Two days later, after meeting a thousand new cousins and training myself to smile on command for the in-laws, I fell sick. Dida blamed the shower. <laughs>